Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott Nicol, and I'm joined as always by James O.B. O'Brien, Travis Morgan, and we've got a very special guest, Neil James Riley, who's an Arsenal fan. He was with us on the first stream uh, about a month ago. He likes to dip in once a month, um, and we're privileged because Arsenal have just been beat. Even though it's not real football, it's the Europa League and no one really cares about it, but it's still an L that we can go through. Um, how are you boys? You okay? Yeah, good. Really good. Yeah, good, thank Not too bad. i tell you what, I was doing better about two hours ago when I thought I'm going to come in here, have a little go at the two Liverpool boys in the Man United um, <laughs> and then Arsenal have just put me in my place. So uh, it'll be a little bit cooler now. Yeah, I can <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, this this should be this should be good fun. Two Liverpool, one Arsenal, one Man United. I've got it all on the thumbnail to preview the weekend's games. But obviously, we can't just preview the weekend's games. We've got to be talking about last night's amazing result. Neil, did you watch any of it on Scotty's BT yeah. login? Uh, I did. Yeah, you've changed your password again. So I was just trying <laughs> to log in to the United game tonight. So. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I watched a bit of that last night. Um, yeah, some good games in the Champions League, but um, yeah, not, not so good in the Europa League tonight. Yeah, you won't believe how many people have texted me. Have you changed your BT password? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't realize how many how people, many have people, people have given it to me. I know. <laughs> There's only you three in here, and then obviously Quaz. Quaz is another one that hates the potty, I bet. Um, so yeah, and I've given strict instructions do not give it out to anyone else. Um, so yeah, let's kick off with last night. Ob, um, Darwin Nunes. Let's talk. Let's talk about him. I made a comment today. If Darwin Nunes played against Forest, we wouldn't have got beat. We probably would have won the game. He's dividing opinion. He blows hot. He blows cold. I know Neil and Trav have got strong words to say about him. Hopefully, most of it's in jest. Um, He's, he's unplayable when he's on his thing. Another goal last night, that's four goals in four starts. Done the business last night, as did Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's a he's a class player at moments. And I've also touched upon loads and loads of times how he has them really inconsistent moments, Scott. But last night, we got the best and the worst of him. Um, <laughs> I think you, you used a term for him when uh, I, I sent you a message part of the way through the night. We can't repeat it on here. But he really is. He, he he flits between unplayable, and he's got he's got pace, he's got power, um, he's got ability to to run into space. He seems to have a good football brain. And then there's other moments where he he lacks, and I don't know whether that's just something that's um, about confidence or whether it's about that he, he's got an underlying like. Um, I don't know, lack of ability to concentrate at certain points in the game or understand what's going on around him. But um, overall, he's a massive asset. And I can see why Van Dyke was talking so much about how difficult he was to manage last season when we played against Benfica and how to handle on the pitch. Um, because he's an absolute handful. And that header, I mean, that's top draw. He just went through and one of the guys is hanging off him when he scores the goal. It's like the guy's just put his arms around him. He just doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. Um, so good at moving into space. Looks like he's causing chaos coming back in the, into the, the space in, in behind as well. Um, I think once we get going with him, I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, and he, he really showed the best of everything and a, with a little bit of the worst as ever. And like I say, it's just going to continue to be a mad, mad season with that guy around. <laughs> Do you know what? This is not for kids, so you can say it. Ob said he's shit and he's ace all in ninety minutes. So we we've said he's chase. So that's that's what Nunez is. Um, Neil, obviously, you've had a lot to say about it. Mostly banter, I'm sure, but that's four goals in four games, four starts. The last four starts he's had. I think he's a he's a an asset to us, like Obi just said, we're a better team with him in it. Maybe that's because Nunes and Jota, uh, sorry, Jota and Diaz are both injured at the minute, so we need every man we can get. Is he winning you over? And are we a little bit harsh on him because he came in with Haaland at the same time? So obviously we're going to directly compare them. Haaland's exploded. So if it wasn't for Haaland, do you think four goals in four games would be 
um, raving about Nunes? Is he not getting the credit he deserves? No. <laughs> the short answer, I think he came in for big money. Obviously came in at the same time as Haaland. And there was a lot of media talk, hype, the preseason, obviously the charity shield, the memes had come out. And typical, sometimes Liverpool get ahead of yourselves and then you're clawing back trying to defend him. I think... The problem with him is nobody knows where he's going to sit. Is he going to be an Andy Carroll that gets you 10 goals a season, looks good in moments and doesn't? Or is he going to kick on to the next level? And I think at the moment, that's where he is. And in the same game, you get three different players. Obviously, yeah. being an Arsenal fan, I'll go back to the Arsenal game, scored against us. At times, he looked like, oh, do you know what? He could be a player. And at other times, you know, he looked like Javinho. If you remember him when he was there a few years ago, a couple of lollipops on the halfway line. So I don't know. Is it because he's coming to the team and there's a lot of pressure and you're in transition at the moment? But at the moment, if you had the two of them, they both signed. You knew nothing about Firmino, nothing about him. Who would you be saying is the better player was the £70 million player? And at the moment, if everybody's fit, would he start in that front three? If Diaz was fit, Salah was firing, Firmino was firing. Would he start? And I think that's where he is at the moment. I don't know if that's... He's still young, isn't he? 23. Mm. He's yeah. come over, big price tag, big reputation. <clears throat> and I think Haaland's come over sort of chest out. I'll take it on. And almost the knocks he got in the charity shield seem to have done his personality the world of good. Whereas Nunes, he seems like he could be a bit fragile. He's got a bit of a hot head. He's been sent off. Mm. Um, he doesn't score much for his country in a South American... Uh, in a South American league internationally. So he's still young and it's just, which way is he going to go? There's been a lot of players that have come to the premier league from other uh, countries that have looked great and then faded away. Is he going to be one of those or not? And I suppose he needs minutes. I think the problem is he came in, maybe the best thing that's happened is Jota injured. Um, Diaz injured. He's actually going to play now. So we'll probably see in the next, you know, 10, 15 games, how he's going to do. Yeah, definitely. I sorry, to cut, sorry to cut you guys, but I've just seen breaking news on Sky News. Arsenal defender Pablo Mari among six stabbed in a Milan shopping centre, which is just freaky news. So I just hope he's all right. But that's just crazy. That's just flashed up on my phone. But Is he a current Arsenal player? Is he still there? Yeah, he's out on loan. Yeah. Wow. So I know that's huge news. So let's just... That is bad. Um, out to him. Yeah. Do you know what? There Thoughts is some other breaking him. news. I forgot to say it at the start of the stream. Like and subscribe if you like our work. If you like watching the videos. <laughs> you always <laughs> and, forget. Um, I always forget. Uh, but one other thing. We got our first ever online trolling on one of our videos. It's got a thumbs down. And I thought, okay. well, if we, yeah, that's why have people got to do that. So I said to Hayley, she said, maybe it was Trav when Liverpool beat Man City. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Never know. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> right. But no, back to Trav. Nunes. What you were saying. Yeah, back to Nunes. Back to Nunes. I do think it boils down to pressure for me. The big thing for me is the pressure that he's under. Like, like you said, all of those components put together. The fact that he's, people think he's directly replaced Mane, coming in at the same time as Haaland. If you put all that together, it, it is a lot of pressure on such a young player. I think, like you said, ultimately when you bought for a fee of that of that magnitude you've got to be judged on what you do in the big games um and I know he's already scored against Arsenal but I think it's just a case of time will tell with him um it's it looks like he's starting to settle a little bit and we did say previously on a few of the other podcasts that he probably just needs a run of games like Neil said it's probably a bit of a blessing in disguise that Jot has um, become injured now so he can start in the team and like you said if he's scoring goals there's not really many arguments people can have because that's ultimately what he's going to be judged on. In terms of his build and his physical attributes, he looks like an old-fashioned type number nine with a little bit of flexibility, can drift wide. But if he's scoring every game when you're winning games, people are going to be quiet about him. It's when you're not winning games and he's missing chances or whatever is when he's going to start getting the criticism. So, like you said, he's scored in his last four starts. Um, and I'm sure he'll be looking to score again at the weekend just to ease the burden and just keep kicking on. And all he can do is keep his head down, keep working hard, and hopefully he can still keep putting the chances away. Yeah, I, said I think to... as well. I think. 
Sorry, Obi, I'm just going to head on to you. I said to Obi today, I still don't trust him not to get another red card. He's got this, like, it, he looks like he's got a loose wire somewhere. He needs to tame yeah. tame that a bit um, and just, yeah. just let his football do the talking. How much do you want to tame that, though, Scott? Because for me, for me, that South American madness sometimes ends up being a massive asset. And we're obviously, I'm obviously going to refer back to Suarez, fellow countryman. Um, absolutely yeah. start raving bonkers. I think Darwin's got that about him. But I think that's also what gives him an edge. Um, he really strange things happen in the game. Um, yesterday was he missed an absolute sitter, um, which he should have scored. He actually hit the post and it's pretty much an open goal. And I was thinking if he don't get a goal today, I can imagine or tonight, imagine that being all over the media and everybody and all over social media, people going, ah, look, he missed this and missed that. Um, and then there was another part where, where Ajax were going at us quite hard and he popped up in the center of defense and broke with a ball. And I was like, I don't understand what this guy's doing at points, but that, I kind of love that about him. I, lo- I love a personality, and it's good to see some players with a little bit of personality, not just as regimented, no personality, just playing the role that they're told to play in. I think this guy's got an edge about it. And sometimes you've got, to, you've got to embrace that rather than try and tame it. You've actually got to go, I know he's going to get sent off once a season, but it's also going to make him a brilliant player. You don't want to go down the Jacker route, though, and getting sent off two, three times a season, though. <laughs> no, that's true. But then Jacker's never been skillful, so that wouldn't matter, would it? <laughs> is, um, uh, just a fact check: is Jacker got more goals than Gabriel Jesus this season? Listen, if you're talking all competitions, the answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> I think with Nunes, though, in all seriousness, he's got what well, we've got a couple of games coming into the World Cup. He's going to play for Uruguay. I mean, I know he doesn't score for them because he's not prolific. But I think, again, I heard on the last podcast, you're talking about the big reset for Liverpool. But I think for players like him, actually, he's going to go to the World Cup with his country where he's loved. He feels uh, it's an environment he thrives in. So getting there, they're probably going to get to the knockout stages. Again, he's going to get game time, maybe come back with a bit more confidence. And that's only going to benefit Liverpool, I think. If he can get a little run of games now up until the World Cup, go in with a bit of confidence playing for his country. You could have a player coming back that leading up to Christmas is in a different place, got minutes under his belt. So um, that might be beneficial for Liverpool and Nunes. Do you boys actually like him? Like from the outside, asking Liverpool fans, like, do you like what he's about as a player? Do you enjoy watching him play? Is he the type of the player that you want to see in the team? I'm excited by him. Um, And like, OB's already alluded to. One minute he can be Andy Carroll, the next minute he can be Luis Suarez, the next minute he can be Fernando Torres. It's going to be a roller coaster of a ride. Um, but yeah, when I look at the team sheet, I've got to admit it's a little bit like Salah. I look for his name, and when it's on it, I think, yes, let's go. And that was the first thing on Saturday's stream, yeah. Trav, when we were recording when the team got announced. I was like, oh, Nunes isn't playing, he's not even on the bench. And it was the yeah, same against Man It was the same against Man City. He wasn't playing, but I was like, we've got him on the bench. I was looking forward to him coming off the bench. He was an option on the bench. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and really glad to have him. Are you still gutted you missed out on him? Um, I was in the summer, definitely, because we needed a centre-forward. And he was the type of profile I felt that, that Man United needed, like quite big, strong, target man, but can also like get him behind, that sort of player, stretch defences. Um, and, and he does that very well. Um, like you said, he just has those moments of madness where you just don't know what you're going to get from him. He's quite unpredictable. But when it comes off, it looks really good. But he isn't polished. He's 23. Like you said, he's only going to get better. He's got a good coach to work with. Um, and like I, I was like undecided as to whether Klopp fancied him, whether he was a Klopp signing or anything like that. But he's going the right way about it in terms of proving to everybody that he can fit into this team. Because that was the big doubt, wasn't it? Whether he was going to fit the system, because your system had been so well-oiled for so long that whoever came into that system just knew what they were doing. But, like, Nunes was a bit of an an anomaly in that, because, like, Mane was such a flexible player, and you you just see Nunes as this big, strong target man straight through the middle. Can he drift wide? Can he interchange with the rest of the players? But he's going the right way about proving that. So, like, long may it continue for you boys anyway. Yeah, I agree. I I always remember OB saying about Sadio Mane when he was a bit raw, 
coming to Liverpool. Do you remember, Obi, you'd, you'd say he's he doesn't know what he's he's doing. So obviously, how can defenders know? Which is kind of a quality in the way. He's, he's maybe not yeah. the sharpest, and Nunes has definitely got a bit a bit of that yeah. about him. Would you say, Obi? Yeah, absolutely. Because when 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 Sadio Mane first joined the club, a lot of people were going, not really sure he's a Liverpool player because he's inconsistent. He's very instinctive. Um, pretty much everything that we're saying about Nunes now. So it is a really good comparison. And I think as they become more honed in their skills, more comfortable in the in the playing with and linking up with players around them, I think it, it makes things a lot easier. What was interesting last night is we started and we played four three three from the start. And he fitted into that system well, probably better than I thought he would. Um, Did he play through the middle? No, not really. I mean, they were, they were interchanging yeah, a little bit. changing all the but, time, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And it, and don't get me wrong, at the start of the game, it looked like it was a little bit slow and a little bit sluggish. And, and Ajax had a really good go in the first half hour and probably should have been one up or maybe even two up at points. But um, he, he grew into that role and he was always the threat. And um, I think once he spends time working on the training grounds with uh, the likes of Salah, and Diaz when he's back and Jota when he's back and Firmino. I think I think we're going to have a really flexible system again. And maybe, just maybe, I mean, I mean Klopp will go back to the 4-3-3 as a longer-term option. I do have concerns about the midfield, and we've talked about that in previous, um, previous episodes. And I think that would bother me slightly. And I think that showed again a little bit last night, particularly with uh, Fabino. I think he's just off it. I don't think he's, I don't think he's right. I don't think he's fit. Um, but 4-3-3 wasn't something that looked alien to Nunes. And I think with a little bit of tinkering, I think it would be devastating. I really do. Yeah, I mean, Nunes, he's, he's got it all to prove. And like Neil said, with the injuries, it's, <clears throat> the platform is there for him now. Obi, are you a little bit worried? I feel I am. Has Nunes done 90 minutes yet? Is Klopp protecting him or is he... Is he not strong enough for the league yet? Why is he not playing 90 minutes? Well, I don't know if you remember, but Klopp's a bit of a stickler for getting people up to what he considers to be fit. So, go back to this, and this is the reference I always use. Andy Robertson, when he was signed, he came in for us pre-season, didn't play till October. And it's simply because Klopp didn't believe he was fit enough to do that role over 90 minutes. Um, I think what we'll see is a gradual build-up, but he'll also be thinking to himself... I want this guy firing in, in January, February, March. And as Neil said, the World Cup's coming up. He's probably going to get through his group, Uruguay. He's probably going to be playing a few games there. So why not Why not just take him off where we've got the opportunity to? Um, we're in a good position with the game yesterday. So there's no need to keep him on the pitch and just manage his game time the right way um, when, we're, when things are going for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's get on to last night's game. We'll just cover it for five minutes. Champions League. I don't know if Neil and Trav, do you just want to log off for 10 minutes while we call we talk Champions League? <laughs> we'll, shout, we'll shout you back in if we get on to Europa League. <laughs> nah, but, um, what's, what's, uh, what's a Europa League? I don't know. What's we'll that? find out uh, next season, Obi. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God forbid. God forbid. Um, but no, an away win. Um, that's us qualified out of the group. The last game is a total dead rubber now. I, I think we'd have to beat Napoli 7-0 or something to, to finish top of the group. So top it, of the group. It, it's Are done. you three points off them then? Three points off them. It's head-to-head first. They beat us 4-1, so we'd need to beat them by three goals. Um, right. If it was three goals, it'd go on goal difference. So they would, they've would they got better goal difference. So we'd have to actually beat them by four goals to finish top. So right. it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, crazier things mm-hmm. have happened, but... Uh, I'm sure you've already said it, Obi. It's a chance to rest the players. It's a dead rubber for me. And then we move on to the next game. Um, but yeah, the performance was encouraging. Obviously, there's a few hairy moments, as Neil said, in the first 20 minutes, half hour. But then we just took took control. And I was really happy for a change for the first time um, in a good few weeks. Well, I say the first time. I was buzzing with the 7-1 at Rangers. But a, a great, great away win again. Yeah, absolutely. And we showed... We showed a certain amount of resilience as well early on. Um, got away with one in the first minute. I thought uh, I actually should have scored. Mm. Um, they, they, they had the chances early on, but it looked very quickly like they got disheartened they didn't score. And Salah did what Salah does and just pops up at the right moment. 
scores a goal, finishes it absolutely brilliantly. It was a ball from Hendo as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So absolutely brilliant to see him him with that type of ball through to Salah. Um, and, and from that moment forward, it was never in doubt, really. I thought it was only going to go one way. Um, I thought we played really, really well. Some really encouraging signs. I thought Klopp made a lot of substitutions and a lot of people got a lot of a decent amount of game time without knackering the team out. And that, that was really positive as well. So pretty much we were knocking the ball about really well. Um, we controlled the play. We controlled the game. We controlled the areas that we needed to play the game. And it looked like if at any point we needed to go up another level, we would have done again. So uh, mm. really encouraging. Felt like a Liverpool away performance of of previous seasons. Um, and that that must be worrying for everybody else in the league. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think... an, away, an, an away win in the league. I'm sure that's what Trav was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. But, um... yeah. no, I, I was just about to touch on um, the group and finishing second in the group. I actually think it's it doesn't matter anymore. It matters less so than it did about 10, 15 years ago, finishing second in the group. Because I think a lot of the teams that are finishing first and second now, they're both just decent teams in all the groups now. And I think you're seeing a variety of teams entering the Champions League and floating between that and the Europa League now. I'm not saying the competitions are equal in stature at all. That's not what I'm saying. I still think the Europa League is much better, obviously. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but on a serious note, now I think um, the teams that are finishing second now, the, the games are equal in the knockout stages. Anyone can beat anyone. Oh, I, I don't know about that, year, Trav. I don't know about that. I do. I know, genuinely. I can, remember, I can remember last year when Real Madrid went through and I said, I think they're going to win the Champions League. And I think it might have been you or it could have been a couple of other mates that laughed at me. Mm. And they went on to win it. And I just don't think you can underestimate anyone. Like, the biggest enigma for me is that City haven't won it yet. And I don't think Pep will stop until they do. Whether they do or not, I don't know. But I think... Liverpool are always a team that just have done well in Europe, even under their previous managers like Benitez and stuff like that. You've always been like, I wouldn't call you a... Well, in some ways, you are a cup team in that sense. Like, you do so well in the cups. Like, going to Anfield in a cup tie just can be a nightmare for any team. Um, and in Europe, you've just got this knack of if you go back to Anfield in the second leg and you've got a small deficit, you're able to just suck the ball in and turn it round, you know what I mean? And you've got this knack of doing that. So I certainly don't think you can rule Liverpool out competing in the Champions League this year either, even though your league form has been poor. No, I'm, I, this is me just being honest. I just think your league form has been very indifferent. Ah. Oh. Pods, mate. You are? Can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. One second. Ah, oh. you're still there, Trav. It's all normal. We're still there. Yeah, you're still yeah, totally yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. One well, second. Sometimes, sometimes giving Liverpool a compliment can do that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> his computer, his computer shut happened, down. Yeah. One computer second. Went into malfunction. His it's computer was like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I'll pick up I do apologise. Um, we're still there, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still, still there. there. Yeah. Right. Did someone did, did someone You're change his script? Did someone change his script? You weren't going to say that, were you? He's like you the, he's like the Joe Biden of the potty. He just like lost it midway through his speech. Is is Mrs. Heard someone gassing up Liverpool? And was like, who's that? Who's that? Someone broke into the house. <laughs> nah, one second, man. No, but uh, uh, just, just, just... just trying to sort out your technical difficulties. I think what Travis is trying to say that you you're a bit of a cup team. You're not doing too well in the league. Well, that's disgrace. easy to say right now. Um, but can I just say, while Trav's sorting himself out, Henderson grew into the game last night, OB, as the whole team did. Um, and especially that lovely ball with the outside of his right, which was reminiscent of the 5-0 at Old Trafford, where he put it on a plate for Salah again. That was the same as again last night. Yeah. and um, You played well last night. But again, if you look at the game, the way most of your games have gone this season, you could have been 2-0 down. I think if you yeah. concede the first goal in games, you're all over the place at the minute. I think you're really similar to Nunes, but the team as a whole are playing on confidence and eggshells. Yeah. And it's only Back. once you get the first game, then the momentum builds, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've, we've done a bit in the last two or three years. We're, we're okay. And then you seem to grow in the game and look really good. And similar against Ajax, if you'd gone 1-0 down one minute in, you could have been all over the place. Oh, the we would have been. We would have been. Can you boys hear me? 
Yeah. You ended up winning seven yeah. money. All right. I'm sorry about that. I, I do apologize. Sorry, that was a massive malfunction there. But it, I don't it was know what flawless, Trav. You never went anywhere. We could see you. We <laughs> could hear you. Do you know? Do you want to know what happened? It was like you had an out of body experience. It was weird. No, so I was talking, and my headphones just decided to all of a sudden connect to my phone instead of staying on my laptop, and my music started playing. So I could hear you boys laughing. Then I could hear D block Europe over my ears. It was just mad. But no, I'm back. I'm back. So yeah, what I was saying is basically, in a nutshell, I don't think you can rule Liverpool out winning the Champions League this year. You always do well in it. Like you said, your league form has been indifferent, but you you always will have a chance. Um, but I would say at this moment in time, probably City, Munich, they're probably going to be the slight favourites due to their consistency. Listen, I'm, I'm not Liverpool out right here. They come up against a half decent team, they'll get blown away. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what. I, what I would say is, I think there's another. See, the trouble is, right? We're now talking about a competition that's pretty much done till it's February, late yeah. February, I think, it is when it gets going again or early March. Anything can happen yeah. in that time. We've got a World Cup in between, as I keep reminding everybody every single episode. We've got the big um, reset, Obi. Yeah, we've got the big yeah, reset. Yeah, can you talk us through this big reset? I, I still need to know what's happening in the reset. What's but, actually but, for happening? Me, but for me, I'm going to ignore that, right? But for me, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing around, like, the form team in the Champions League so far this season has been Napoli, right? Napoli aren't going to win the Champions League. They're probably going to run out of steam. And I think yeah. a lot of these other teams are going to run out of steam. And if you're missing a couple of key players, for example... I think PSG have got a good chance this season. I think they might be in knocking around it as well. Um, if they go to the World Cup and say Messi picks up a knock and they're missing for a few months, that's going to have a massive impact on them. Um, mm. And it's the same with Bayern as well. They could lose a couple of players and it could have a massive impact, like a couple of German players or or whatever. And I think there's a there's a huge part of this World Cup is going to dictate what happens in the Champions League. I wouldn't say Liverpool are out of it at all. I'd say we've got pedigree in this tournament unlike a lot of other English clubs we consistently do well in it and we keep on appearing in it every season and um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll be in the back end of the tournament no doubt I thought Neil was doing that Django Unchained like with his wine there <laughs> um, listen there's no point in even looking at the Champions League till the quarters like you say Trav you're talking about it doesn't matter if you finish first or second give me the winner of the Club Bruges and Porto yeah, in that group. <laughs> give, me, give me Club Bruges in the last 16. That's us in the quarters. And then... The, oh, man. The, if we go back a step as well, just from what Trav was saying, in all seriousness, about the gap between the Europa League and the Champions League, particularly the knockout stages, it's not as big as it used to be. Because you are getting... Yeah, I, I think that too. I'm not even joking. Top two I teams out of each group, okay, for the Champs League, you've got your... Um, you know, Liverpool, Napoli, etc. But you get beneath that, you've got some poor teams in the Champions League. And you've actually got some decent sides in the Europa League. And then particularly Barca are going to end up in there. Juventus are probably going to end up in there. Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. Who, who was, I, I don't buy that. Who was in the Europa League final last season? Frankfurt and Rangers. Rangers. Right, how, how, are they, how are they done in the Champions League this year? <laughs> Rangers got splashed every week. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I don't think... Who was in the who was in the Champions League final last year? <laughs> hey, listen, listen, Rangers. How are they getting on in their league this year? <laughs> Rangers are in a group of absolute <laughs> European royalty in Liverpool and Ajax, so they they were up against it. Yeah, there is a divide. There's a divide, but like Neil's saying, I think it is smaller than what it used to be. Like, it um, is, but again, that's towards the latter stages again, because for the first stages, teams don't care about it. Do they? Yeah, and I think that's why they've tried to mix it up this year. I don't know if you know about the changes, Scotty, but you'll find about them next year when you're in the Europa League. <laughs> so in order to try and make the competition a bit more interesting, so the team that finishes second now has to play a playoff with the team that drops out of the Champions League and the winner of that goes through to the round of 16. So the right. teams that drop down okay. from the Champions League now don't automatically go into the round of 16. Oh, really? Do the losers go into the Conference League then? <laughs> I think they just burn the club down. <laughs> <laughs> they just close for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's just another game where UEFA are trying to make more money. But, you know, that's why Arsenal put a stronger team out tonight because they don't want to have those extra two games in January when there's going to be fixture congestion. We don't know what's going on. Right, lads. Yeah. I knew, I knew well, this would be a, a good stream, but let, let's move on to um, the preview for the weekend. <laughs> 
We're going to start yeah. with Arsenal, Neil, because you're making a festive appearance in about four weeks. So we're going to kick off with you. Forest at home. No pressure, but I've taken Arsenal on last man standing. It's a rollover. So we're all back in it. I've took Arsenal at home. Obviously, Nottingham Forest had a, a comfortable win last weekend against all odds. Um, what kind of team of Arsenal played tonight? And what bearing will that have on Sunday, is it, you're playing? Yeah, we play on Sunday, two o'clock. Um, I think we'll win the game on Sunday, but I think, it, again, he's played a... He's had about eight core players that have played every game this season, Europa League or not. Yeah. He went semi-strong again tonight, again, for what I've just uh, preluded to, that you've got to play this playoff game against the team dropping down from the Champs League. So you could be playing Barcelona in January over a two-leg. So he's tried to miss out on that. Um, hasn't worked out because we got beat 2-0, but... In the end, he had pretty much the full first team on. So White played, uh, Partey ended up coming on, Jesus came on, Martinelli started. I don't know why he's playing every game. Saka. So I think I expect us to beat Forest on Sunday at home. If it was away, maybe a little bit different like the Southampton game. But I think we will be leggy in the game. I can't see us winning 3-0. I think it will be... It will take us a little while to get going in the game. And if we're not winning... Probably after 70 minutes, we could end up becoming a bit unstuck, maybe a draw in the game. But I expect us to win. But again, he's played another strong team tonight, away again tonight. We've had a few away games in a row. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk on Sunday, but we should have enough to beat them still. Yeah, you, um, you think. Are you, are you worried that Forrest seem to have tightened up at the back? Is it one goal uh, they've conceded in four, Trav, or is it two? I think it's one, one goal and they conceded yeah they kept a clean sheet against Brighton a clean sheet against Far um you yeah I think it's like the last three games they've kept clean sheets yeah. in to be fair. I think it's a different kettle of fish coming away to the Emirates like coming away to the Emirates or to Liverpool or to Man City, one of those bigger pitches they've got to play on. Um but we aren't as prolific up front as we could be. We are wasting quite a few chances. Did again tonight dominating games, dominating the ball. Um we're not really firing. Goals are coming from, you know, Saka, Odegaard chipping in, Jesus, a lot of work rate, but he's sort of reminded me of Rooney when he was at United before he had that burst when Ronaldo left. He's trying to do too much around the pitch. Similar to what OB was saying about Nunes, you find him at the edge of his box, which is great if you're playing Man City or Liverpool, the game we played, and you want him to put a shift in and do a bit for the team, but... It seems that that's spilling over into the Southampton game was another case where he was just all over the pitch. And it's like, you're the number nine, just stay up front in the number nine position and you're probably going to yeah. get chances. Neil, uh, Neil, do you think do you think that the Europa um, League is going to have this kind of impact on you all season? Because the likelihood is, for, for large parts of the season, you'll be playing Thursday, Sunday. And do you think that if you guys are serious about going into it, it looks like he's got ambitions for it. Do you think that that will hinder your attempts to, to, I don't know, finish top four or potentially challenge for the title? I think it will definitely hinder our attempts to challenge for the title. I think we're still probably going to have enough for top four, um, but he's he seems to be taking it very seriously. He's a typical foreign manager, and, you know, foreign managers, foreign players respect the Europa League. Um, they see it as a big tournament. In England, they don't. So, you know, managers generally have dropped off until you get to the semi-final stage. I think when Klopp when you lost in the final, one of those five finals that he lost in a row. Um, I think he was not serious until you got that far in the competition because he had a different feeling about it. But I do think Arteta has shown, like I said, we've had eight core players that have played pretty much every game and that's the Europa League. I mean, we've got FC Zurich at home that we should blow away. Tonight was a, all right, let's rest a few ready for, you know, the Forest game on Sunday. We've got Chelsea away next weekend. I do think it's going to have an impact. I still think we'll have enough for top four because Liverpool are in a transition this season. I think Spurs are going to fall away. They could be the ones that drop out of the top four, I feel. Um, Conte's style isn't going to win enough games. Kind of reminds me a bit of Mourinho when he was at United. Um, Rather not lose and win. All, the fans are already on his back. You can play a nice style of football like Klopp when he came in and you'll get away with it if you're a bit inconsistent. If you're playing a dull, boring style of football and you start get, becoming inconsistent and not picking up wins, the media, fans will get on your back quite quickly. I think they, if Liverpool are going to make top four, Tottenham could be the ones that fall out, I feel. 
Arsenal, I think Arsenal uh, need. I think Arsenal need the World Cup. Similar to like I said before, Liverpool needing the World Cup for different reasons. I think Arsenal sort of need the World Cup just, just for a little bit of a refresh. And I know some of the players are travelling with the countries and stuff. But if you think about Arsenal's team and the the lineups that they've put out, they've more or less played the same team every game, especially in the league. And I noticed in training, Zinchenko didn't train again. I think he's missed the last couple of games. And that's a worry because Tierney's fitness isn't consistent anyway. So that leaves him quite vulnerable at left-back. Thomas Partey's had his injury problems. I think the depth in key areas, Arteta probably just needs one more window just to add a couple. I know they got linked with Wilfred Zaha in January, which I think would be a fantastic signing for Arsenal when I think about it. Because I know they've got depth with like Emile Smith-Rowe and stuff like that, and they've got Saka, who plays in one wing, and Martinelli, who plays on the other. But they're both young. I mean, I think they're only about 20, both of them. So they're going to burn out if they play every game. It, it's it's inevitable. Like you said, playing Thursday, Sunday every week, and then maybe a midweek game the week after. Three games a week will absolutely knacker those boys, without a doubt. Yeah, so I think, in, in, yeah. in the yeah. summer, the big thing was the Arsenal fans were, you know, all they wanted was a centre midfielder, some cover for Xhaka or Partey. Partey picks up some knocks. Really, you want to be playing in one game a week. Again, he came on again tonight and he's, you know, he's not made of the strongest stuff. He When he plays well, he's like a Rolls Royce, but, you know, the engine looks like it's done about 250,000 miles. It breaks down every other week. Yeah. Um, so we were already short, I felt. And I think we need, we probably need a transfer window more than we need the World Cup. We need to get a couple of players in in January in key areas. Uh, we've been linked with a few. Um, so we'll see if any of them come off. Just I'm another, surprised you didn't get a winger. Just another yeah, hundred surprised. million in the transfer window, then, yeah. Oh, just you know. another hundred, Jesus, Ob, yeah. come on. We dream <laughs> of having a hundred million in a January transfer window. Yeah, but yeah, but we we don't need to because we've got an amazing manager who brings players through and develops them and picks up <laughs> picks up Luis Diaz for thirty odd million and you know that that type of ability you can't you can't buy it literally. Yes. Um, yeah, Neil, I was going to touch on Zinchenko. How, how long is he out? Is he is he due back anytime soon? Again, I, I mean, when we signed, I don't know if you remember all the way back when we signed Tierney, I was a bit worried before he came. I said he's a great player, but he picks up a lot of injuries, got, had a groin problem. That's proved yeah. he's been here. Um, Zinchenko seems to be the same. He's picking up quite a few injuries. I don't know if it's the way he plays, the way he trains. There's no clear sign that he's going to come back anytime soon. Um so it looks like a mus- another muscular injury. And you know what those are like. If you've got a muscle injury, you come back, another one invariably goes. Um, and I think that's Arsenal's problem. The players that are really key have to play and then then picking up knocks and they're players that actually you want to be resting. I just think there's not quite enough depth to do Champions League, well, Europa League, sorry, um, Premier League, two cups to come in January, a World Cup in the middle that we don't know what's going to happen. It's a thin squad, really. It's an interesting one, Neil, that point, actually, in, in regards to the injuries, because a lot of people wonder, like, why top clubs get rid of so many top players to, like, rivals and stuff. But I think they just cut their losses because they know what their injury records like. I can remember when we signed Rafa Varane and Scotty used to say all the time, like, Real Madrid wouldn't sell him if he was that good. Do you know what I mean? But he is that good, but he just doesn't stay fit all the time. And we found that in his first season at United, he was in and out of the team with injuries. And I think... Um, Arsenal will probably find the same with Zinchenko. I think Jesus sometimes was in and out the Man City side. I think that was related to him not playing as much, though. So you do pick up more injuries when you're not in the team consistently. But I think Arsenal just need a couple of players in that are just going to, that have got good injury records, play all the time, and at a good level to compete with the players that they've got now, because the foundations are there for Arsenal, I believe. But I just think they're just missing a couple of key components. Like you said, a winger and a, and a top, top goal scorer. Not necessarily a striker, but somebody who can supplement. You know, Jesus is out for a few games. Somebody that's going to come in or impact games when they're drawing and somebody that can come on and score a goal. I think that will go a long way for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I mean, Eddie Nketiah is a good squaddy, but he's, again, he's if he has to do a run of six, seven games and... You know, there's some tough away games in there, Liverpool away. You're not expecting him to be pulling up true. He's coming in and you've got a nice little run where you've got a cup game and then you're playing Brighton at home or whatever it might be. You probably think, yeah, he'll get his numbers up. But um, 
yeah, there's a couple of areas we need to strengthen. Maybe not 100 million, Scotty, but there's there's some bargains out there. Um, <laughs> I would have liked Bissouma. You know, he, he's gone to Spurs, but he's struggled since he's been yeah, there. Yeah, he's not pulling up any trees, is he? But um, uh, did, did any of no. you not pick up on Neil's comment there? The fans want a bit of backup for Xhaka. How times have changed. 12 months ago, <laughs> they wanted him gone. And now he's now he's the maestro yeah. that needs a stand in every he's, now and then. He's really I didn't, I didn't, has revitalized I didn't realise you could sub somebody who gets sent off. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's probably been the, the best midfielder in the Prem this season so far. On numbers, I'm telling you. If he'd spent yeah, $68 million on him, we wouldn't have heard the end of it, honestly. Oh, yeah, his movement off the ball's great on the halfway line. <laughs> yeah. nice good so putting you on the spot now I'm going to do it to Trav and OB as well score for Sunday please uh, I think we'll win 2-0 2-0 but it'll be 2-0 no nah, not comfortable it'll be probably 1-0 80 minutes gone and we might nick one on the break late on I don't think it'll be uh, blowing them away which you'll take you take that 2-0 Trav yeah. Arsenal Forest score prediction I'm going to go for 2 yeah, I'm going to go for 2 0 as well, to be honest. I think, like you said, it, it'll be a struggle initially, but I think Arsenal just have a little bit too much quality for them. But, like you said, Forrest defending well. If they could make the game difficult for a long period of time, they could nick a draw. But I think if they concede the first goal, that'll be, that'll be it. Mm-hmm. Obi? 4 0 Arsenal. Yeah. I'm going to go all in. I think they'll blow them away. Um, I think uh, we saw enough for even an improved Forest team, and they deserve to win the game last Saturday. They're so poor from dead balls and they just haven't got it right at all. They've got this zone of marking where they pick up nobody, ridiculous high line that they're not controlling. And I think Arsenal will just go through them multiple times by the three kicks because Arteta will see that and he'll know what he needs to do to break it down. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to go 4-0. Neil, I know I said it last season and look how that ended, but Arsenal are already in the top four. Forget, Forget the top four. User in it, and that's it. Done, dusted. Champions League next season. Yeah, four 0 quite comfortable Saturday. Um, on to Man United at home to West Ham. West is it? Ham. West Ham. Yeah. What's tonight's team uh, selection in, we in regards to Sunday? Is it we've, Sunday? I think yeah, Sunday at four thirty. I think kickoff is. We've rested a few. We've played a couple of young lads. Garnacho is playing. Ronaldo's not a young lad, but he's in. Um, yeah, so we've got a few squad players playing. But again, we've gone strong. I, I, similar to what Neil was saying, I think we need to take the Europa League very seriously because top four is not guaranteed for us um, with a new manager coming in. Um, I think finishing second in the group is quite dangerous, especially if we need to play one of those teams like an Atletico Madrid or Juventus or stuff. I don't think that's a foregone conclusion whatsoever. I actually don't fancy us over a two-legged tie against one of those Champions League teams. I know we're defending well, but I don't think we're scoring enough goals. Um, I'm happy with the way the team's progressing, but West Ham, like you said, they've they've won three out of the last four in the league um, with a draw in there against Southampton. So it's going to be a tough game and... West Ham were sort of in a false position at the start of the season. They, they they didn't start the season very well in the first two to three fixtures. I think they they lost at Forest, um, and I think they dropped a couple of points at home as well. But I think West Ham have got a quality team. They've got quality individuals, and I think David Moyes is a manager that didn't succeed at United, but he's been around the block. He knows the league. He knows how to like go to places like United and these big grounds and and be hard to beat. I mean. The Chelsea game that they lost, they got robbed on VAR and a couple of decisions that that stopped them from getting at least a point at Stamford Bridge. Mm, So I'm under no illusions. This game, again, is going to be difficult. And I sort of can't wait till this fixture's out of the way because, like I said, we've played Spurs now, Arsenal, Liverpool. We'll have played West Ham, Newcastle. I think all our opening 10 games or 11 games, we've played like nine out of the top 10, which... Do you know what I mean? It's like we've not had the easiest start to the season and then the World Cup comes and we don't know what the squad's going to be like. So in terms of the game itself, we've got to just defend well, keep defending well and hope we score first. That's all I can ask for from United. Start on the front foot. I'm seeing more of Ten Hag's philosophy imprinting on the team, which is good. And I think we're progressing nicely, but it is going to be a tough game against West Ham, but I fancy us slightly in that game. I've just seen now Harry Maguire's on the bench, Trav. 
Yeah, would would he be first choice over Lindelof? Do you think in the absence of Varane? No, I think it's too soon for Maguire. I don't think he's played for about a month. I think he's just got back into training um, over the last couple of day, days. Same with Donny van der Beek as well. I don't think Martial's in training. He's he's been ruled out on Sunday. So again, but I, I could put it down to bad luck with Martial, which I'm guessing it is. No player wants to be injured, but he's, he does get injured a lot and it is a concern for Man U. But um, yeah, I, I can't see Maguire starting. I think he'll go with the same back line as we did against Chelsea. Probably the same team, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I can see... Him, him going with the same lineup in that game. West Ham have gone quite strong as well, but they'll be here to put up a fight. They'll probably believe that they can win at Old Trafford. I've um, just been looking. They've won. The... They've won five of the last seven. Yeah, exactly. They're on. A, they're on a good little run. And like I said, they were in a bit of a false position. They're around thirteenth, and they won at the week, and I think they went up to like eighth or something like that. So they'll be in. I think they'll be in and amongst the Europa League places coming come the end of the season. I think they'll be in and around where we are, Newcastle are, Liverpool this season, maybe Spurs if they tail off a little bit. But yeah, I expect West Ham to be competing because they've added that Schmacker striker. Mm. I think his name is Schmacker or something. Um Antonio has obviously done well in recent years. Um Bowen, Jared Bowen, Declan Rice Got some quality individuals that can hurt you on the day, so I'm expecting a tough game. Declan Rice was fantastic against us, wasn't he, Obi? Did he get man in the oh. match? Yeah, he did, and he deserved it as well. Mm. He was—I was just about to say—I mean, Declan Rice was absolutely fantastic at Anfield. Mm. Um, that second half performance from West Ham—they deserved something out of that game. They really did, and they were absolutely gutted afterwards. He didn't. Um, it was one of them performances where you think, "I want that player." And it's one of them where I think everybody's going to think I want that type of player. And he's in the form of his life. He's going to be very difficult to manage. Um, be interested to see how United deal with him um, because he comes really deep in the midfield at points to pick up the ball as well and, and just dictate the play. So that, that'll be really interesting on Sunday to see how they approach that game. Yeah, as I said um, after that game, he's the Haaland of midfield. For me, Declan Rice can do it all. He can link the play. He can be the DM. He's got a range of passing. He's got the strength, the height. He's got everything. Uh, when I looked at it, he's only 23. It's mad. He's also um, he's a really, really good central defender as well. And yeah. he's played there a few times and he's really impressed me as yeah. cent- central defender. And it's just like that guy just knows where to be on the pitch and he understands every element of football clearly got a good football brain and, and a hell of a player yeah. he's got everything he really has did Chelsea I can't release see him being at West Ham yeah did Chelsea release him as a youth yeah they did yeah yeah wow. I think they did yeah what a mistake I, I, West Ham like priced him out of a move in the summer to be fair because a lot of clubs wanted him Chelsea really wanted a central midfielder I know we wanted De Jong badly all summer which didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. But I know Chelsea wanted a midfielder as well because they got linked with De Jong and Kante's quite old and they've got Kovacic and Jorginho, I think is 30 plus now. So they were really looking for a midfielder. And before City signed Calvin Phillips, they wanted a midfielder and they're going to be linked with Bellingham this summer. So I think Declan Rice is up for grabs, to be honest. it's It's just who wants to pay the money. But if West Ham don't put a stupid transfer fee on him, then I think he'll be off because the only way I think a move doesn't materialise if the, is if they start asking for like a hundred million plus, which I just think is just too much for him. Like he's a top player, don't get me wrong, but I just I can't I, I can't justify a hundred hundred million plus. Would you? Would you really? I'd pay it. I'd pay yeah. it. Yeah. After after wow. seeing the way he, he performed at Anfield. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's, he's in the prime. I think he's hit his prime really early as well. He's just got everything. He's he's physically strong. He needs a game. He's quick. He's got passing. He can. He's good off the ball. He's just everything that Liverpool need in the midfield at the moment. So it's like, what are you going to pay? And ultimately, I think he'll be up for sale if if West Ham don't get in the top four, and they won't. So, but let's say like, so if you look at Newcastle and you look at like what Bruno Gomez is doing for them. And the fee that they paid, why? Why are like, is it the English tax or what, can yeah, you just? I, I would like. Bruno, I wanted Bruno Gomez in the in the summer for Arsenal. Um, he's he is pulling up trees in the league. He's top draw. He's top draw. Yeah, he is good. 
Um, Declan Rice again. I think you're right. The problem is, it is. I think it is the English tax that he's play half decent for a little while and all of a sudden you're at 70, 80 million plus. And really, there's only a couple of clubs that are going to pay for that kind of money. And it isn't going to be Liverpool because, you know, they only spend net net spend five million a year. So so they'll have a <laughs> So you know who it reminds me of? Not as a player, but this, the comparison is, and I don't want to disrespect Declan Rice because I actually think Declan Rice is a little bit of a better player. But can you boys remember when Scott Parker was at West Ham? Yeah, exactly. And that season he got player of the year and he just ran the games for West Ham and then he went Chelsea and he just disappeared. Trav. That... that I, I've never mentioned it to you, but Scott Parker should be added to my calls that are legendary. You know, like I said, if we sign Van Dyke, you'll get Ballon d'Or. He'll, yeah. He'll win us the league. He'll win us the what league. What do you say about Scotty Did you ever get the Ballon d'Or? It's not that legendary call, is it? And he'll win the Eurovision Song Contest. So I got it all right on Van, Van Dyke. Scott Parker, I noticed him. He went to Newcastle, didn't he? Newcastle, Chelsea... He ended up at West Ham. Chelsea, Hand. yeah. Every time he left, I wanted him. I, I seen him at Charlton and I was like, he is a top draw footballer. I said he, I'd take him at Liverpool and he'd be captain. He's got this tenacity. He's he's a, a tackler. He's got everything. The next minute he yeah. winds up getting player of the year and captain in England. And I've always yeah. thought, I knew, I spotted him. I seen he was top, top draw. And I don't know why he floated around clubs like Newcastle, um, he failed at Chelsea, went Newcastle, went West Ham. But yeah. Because they can't make that pa- step up, it's the pressure. Pa- Do you know what I mean? It's the pressure of making that step up. It's like New when you're playing at West Ham, it doesn't matter if you don't play. No disrespect to West Ham again. But like at a club like that, if you don't play well, it, it just goes under the radar. Do you know what I mean? But if you go to a top club for big money, the, the, the magnifying glass is on you constantly. Do you know what I mean? There's no margin for error. And that's, it doesn't worry me about Declan Rice because I do think he can actually handle that. But it will be big, big money if you're talking 100 million plus for a player of that. I don't know, like, I think if, you, if you're if you in that bracket of money, there has to be something that wins you a game. Like, you either score 20 goals like Frank Lampard or Gerrard or whatever, or you're, like, the best in the business in terms of, like, a holding player, like what Casemiro is, for example. I did interrupt, Brad. United, you, United had just scored, so they gone 1-0 up. Decent. Who bad? Um, Diego Dallo. I think it's just yeah, flashed up. Yeah, Dallo, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, just good stuff. To, it's good stuff. Just to quickly say, obviously, on the, the price of Declan Rice, it's, it's the way of the football yeah. world at the minute. Him and his agent and all agents, they got the... Try, uh, time it right so when he's got two years left on his deal he'll say to the club I'm not signing a new deal so you know that'll bring the, the price down by 20% and that's how moves work these days doesn't it unless you're Man City and you're spending do you reckon you're in the hat for him then do you reckon you're in the hat for him then this summer I could only dream but no I don't know how long he's got left on his deal um, and like I was just about to say unless you're Man City buying Jack Grealish for 100 million the move isn't going to happen thing the thing that bothers me about some of these players that are going, and I, I really rate Rice, and if uh, it depends whether Klopp fancies him or not, whether he thinks he'll fit into the system ultimately as to whether we'd be interested, plus whether the owners would fork out the money and how we're going to recoup to make sure we're, we continue our net spend shield. Um, <laughs> with, with Newcastle coming through the way they are, is if they do well this season, there's suddenly going to be an acceleration of ambition that's probably going to be on, going to go beyond their sort of two, three-year plan. And they're going to go, okay, we're in the Champions League. We're going to smash this now. And suddenly they'll be getting linked and picking up these types of players. And it'll be yeah. your likes of your Bellingham, your Rice, because they'll provide. And they'll probably change the manager. Unfortunately for how doesn't matter how well he does. We all know that when they hit the Champions League, there's probably going to be an upgrade there at some point. And if that, if that happens at the end of this season, if they're in that mix and if they can sneak in there, that'll just change everything. There's no doubt they'll be in the top four next season, I think, in my mind. And that'll just mean that other teams will get pushed out and then that development will just continue. And players like that will be prime for them to just take because the money doesn't matter to them. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. It's, 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 just a, it's just a matter of time before Newcastle... And Man City are just solid 
first and second. Um, so yeah, put you on the spot, Trav. Your team. You don't sound too confident at home to West Ham. Is that a bit like me against Forest last Saturday? Do you just want the three points and put that fixture to bed, or can you see a, a comfortable win? Yeah, like it's taken us a long time to like get going in terms of like scoring goals in games. Like we don't score early in games. Do you know what I mean? Like Sheriff tonight, we've just scored. Do you know what I mean? It's like on the, more or less on the stroke of half time. Sheriff, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about him, man. But yeah, um, we, it's taken us a while to score goals and that's what worries me the most. I think if we get an early goal, I think we'll be comfortable. I'm going to go 2-1 United. Um, I, I do fancy us to score first, but it, I think all the goals could potentially come in the second half in this game. I think West Ham will be really tight, really compact, really hard to beat. And, I, and they will go there thinking... A draw is fine. Do you know what I mean? David Moyes is like that. He did that when, when he brought his Everton sides to United. They never went gung-ho. They were always difficult. 4-5-1, Tim Cahill, Fellaini up top. Those kind of games. Do you know what I mean? He makes them scrappy. And I think he'll do that on Sunday as well. So I'm going to go 2-1 United just. 2-1 United, Neil? Um, to be fair, I think um, United's deputies are doing all right against the Sheriff tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Little football pun for you. See what you did there. See, <laughs> see what you did there. I think if West Ham weren't playing tonight in the Conference League, then I'd say it'd be a bit of a sticky wicket for United. I think the fact they're both playing Thursday night, I don't think it's going to be a great game Sunday. They're both nah. leggy. I see United winning 2 0. 2 0, OB. I'm going to go 1 1. I think Moyes will do exactly what Trav said. He'll make it a 20 minute game. At the end of the game, keep it tight and then open up and last 20 minutes and I think they'll have a little bit more luck or well, they get that bit of luck that they deserved against us and um, it'll finish 1-1 Yeah, I'm going to go with Travis, I think they'll win 2-1, I think the old Trafford crowd will see him over the line um, and their good form in the league will continue OB leads Saturday night what is it? Is it on BT? Why is it on Saturday night? Is this one, is this one of our know. rearranged? What has happened to Leeds? Talk me through yeah. that because they started the season all right, but they've just they've been on free form. I'm sure they're in the bottom three now, aren't they? Yeah, Jesse yeah. Marsh is, is um, going to be the yeah, he's going to get his marching order soon, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I, I think we're on fire I think, tonight. To be fair. <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think he's one of them players that he, um, one of them managers that he'll come in and he'll do a job for a little bit and then probably get found out when they, over the course of time. Um, Leeds have got some decent players, but I can't see us not winning that football game. I think we'll have too much for them. I think we'll be at home. It's weird that it's on on a Saturday night, so I think change things slightly but we should have too much from it gives us a little bit more time to recover from being over in in, in Ajax last night um and it, we've got a couple of players back as well so I think we'll have too much for them I think we'll we'll probably run out goals to nil something like that it's got it's it's got it's got one of them types of games to it um I'm not even going to say anything about them Turning over and beating us one nil with something deflected, Scott. I'm not doing a use last week. Um, <laughs> not happen. I've just well, said I'm, it. Well, well, I'm I, just. Have looking. any of you boys watched much of Leeds? I, I don't know if it'll show up on the camera, but I'm just looking at their form, and it it mirrors that of Nottingham Forest. I'm getting deja vu here. Don't tell me. Like, I haven't seen much of Leeds, four. if I'm honest. How's Jesse Marsh but, still in a job? They've lost the last. I've seen. Four. I've, seen I've seen a little bit of them, and. I, I think they look pedestrian, but then if you're comparing them players to how they were under Bielsa, where it was almost too gun ho and they were going man for man all over the pitch and they were getting exposed, but it was really exciting to watch. I think I think uh, he doesn't set up that way and he's he's got the team being a bit more aware, but it's just not working for them because he hasn't got the right personnel in there. And I think that's the way it looks to me. I look, they look like they're lacking a little bit. Yeah, they got rid of Rafinha, didn't they? Did anyone else? Was there any other big it was outs? A massive loss. Yeah. Phillips went, didn't he? Phillips, of course. Yeah. 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 Them two players have been a huge loss. Yeah. And they haven't got a centre forward. They've not had a proper centre forward for a ba while. Banford's Banford's back. Um, mm. 
You can't really hang your hat on him or rely on him. Do you know what I mean? He's always in and out of the team. He's not consistent. A bit like a Darwin Nunes, isn't he? He's a bit inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) He had Rodrigo up front last game and he scored. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Bamford was on the bench. And yeah, on. he played against he played against us actually. Um, tried to get Gabriel sent off that penalty. Scored a goal that shouldn't have been disallowed. Really, where they said he'd use his hand, where he'd yeah. use his chest. That was a good goal. Uh, he can be a nuisance, but again, he, I think at home maybe away, yeah, I think Leeds are going to struggle. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a really good opportunity for Leeds just to go four points off Liverpool. So. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good well, let's hope they're ten uh, points off Liverpool. Yeah. I think you'll have far too much for them. I think this yeah. could be the, the bloodbath that Scotty's been baying for for the last 11 games for Liverpool plus Champions League. Um, I can see a, a comprehensive, comfortable win and Leeds getting embarrassed okay. and maybe Marsh getting the sack. Yeah, never know. Mm. It wouldn't be the first manager to get the sack after a beating off Liverpool. Um, I can't see how they can... I just can't see how they can even... Like when I think of their team, even on the counter attack, they just haven't got the quality. I mean, they've sat, they had Dan James, who we had at United when we signed him, who people was labelling like the next Ryan Giggs, and he, he just he just hasn't got the quality to hurt teams at all. Like he, he was just a speedboat, no driver, just rapid, but just once he got in the in the in the key areas, he couldn't provide. So I just look at their team, and they've signed Sinistera from Feyenoord. And they've got Patrick Bamford, a lot of pace, but just not not enough substance. Where is Dan James game. now? He's it's still there. Still no, there. he's at Fulham, isn't he? Yeah, he's gone to Fulham oh. on loan, hasn't he? Is he on loan at Fulham? Yeah, um, he's on loan. Yeah, Ob, what's what's the team going to be for Saturday? Does Canate come in? Um, is oh, no. Trent Trent done well last night? Is is that him? Nailing down right back again. All this Milner at right back talk is a bit put to bed, or could we see Gomez at right back? Canate coming in. I think it depends on on the fitness levels of all of them players and how Klopp Klopp wants to manage it over the coming time period. I think if he did play Trent, it's a good game to play him in. However, personally, I think if Canate's fit, get Canate in and maybe get get either Gomez out of the team and get him a rest because he's played quite a lot of games on the trot or, or maybe put him at right back if he feels that Trent just needs to be eased back in a bit more slowly um, and then and then just see how it goes from there. I think it's an opportunity to play 4-3-3 again, I would say, because we're going to have a lot of the ball um, and and maybe and maybe try and express ourselves that way. But it, it will be interesting to see how he approaches the game and whether he tries to play about with the tactics again or whether he thinks he's got enough personnel back now that he can resort to what he's what he's done for the last sort of six or seven years. Yeah, I agree. Um I was gonna say myself it's a perfect game for Trent, hopefully, at home, carry on the good vibes, the good form. Tiago, is Tiago gonna be back from this fake ear infection? Surely. <laughs> Why is it fake? Right? So what happens, right, when you have an ear infection and someone who's had a lot of them you lose your balance. Oh, sorry, Obi. I do apologise. I forgot you had that ear problem. All right. <laughs> if I've touched the nerve, I'm, I, I apologise. Yeah, okay? I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm not having it at all. I feel really sorry for him. <laughs> just, the I'm guy gonna... should have had a couple of grommets stuck in and it should have gone. You know, he had a bit of excess wax in his ear. And he was absolutely, absolutely. But ultimately, I mean, not not playing him will just benefit giving more legs later on in the season. I don't think there's any need to push him back in if we're unsure of. I think we've got enough in midfield for that particular game, and uh, save him for the for the bigger games to come along where we're we're going to be back to our imperious selves. I like it. I like it. It's something to look forward to. Like I say, Henderson done well last night. Thiago hopefully back from injury. Fabinho has got to turn a corner soon. Canati will be back. Take him um, a while to get round that corner at the minute. To be yeah, yes. <laughs> that corner is looking <laughs> more like a, a square like Optimus, than a corner. Optimus Prime yeah. trying to turn a corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you know yeah. what? Can we can we make sure that when absolutely fold at Anfield like they do every season the yes. deal's on the very next show <laughs> hey, that's they, all I want I'm pretty sure Scotty said that about the guaranteed three points he gets at Emirates every season <laughs> <laughs> well let's just hope the Arsenal-Liverpool game's on a Thursday night because that's the only time Neil comes on to be, 
To be <laughs> fair, when it's Arsenal against uh, Liverpool at Anfield, I think I'll have an ear infection that week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Right, score predictions. Ob, it's your team. I'm going to start with you. Three nil. I'll, I'll I'll stick with three nil. Like it, Travis. Yeah, four nil. Four nil. I think four nil. Nil. Four nil. I think it could be four and five. I think it'll be a bloodbath. Yeah, mm. I concur. I'm going to go for four nil. Salah's going to get on the score sheet again. Carry on, Nunez. I just hope he starts again. Every, like I said earlier, every starting lineup now, I just look for him. Don't know if he's going to be in, out, shake it all about. Firmino, carry on. Yeah, I'll go with OB, 4 3 3. Hopefully, Thiago slots in there. Fabinho, Henderson, and we grab the three points. Where would that take us in the league? Where could it take us? I think that'd move, I think that'd move you straight up from eighth to eighth if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, to be uh, fair, you do, you do yeah, get out of Fulham at the minute. You're climbing. Yeah, would be one point <laughs> off Man United, but they'd play the next day. So, yeah, it's all to play for. Lads, it's been a pleasure. Neil, yes. Neil when will we really see you good. again in about a month, you think? or? Yeah, when's the next one? Um, probably either Monday night, maybe, lads. Trav, Perfect. OB, Sunday night. Yeah, Monday's Monday good. Monday's good. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait to pick up on uh, Pools getting beat at the weekend on Monday. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope that don't happen. Me. Get it on oh, yeah. your hacker, boys. Yes. Right, it's been a pleasure, lads. See you on the next cheers, one. Lads. Everyone, All right, cheers. Thanks, if you've guys. made it this far, please remember to like and subscribe. It doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a lot to us. It's dead easy. Just press that like and subscribe. Cheers, guys. See you in the next one. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.